0: Today on the Topping Show, Maybelline might have a boycott brewing, Man creates a ultra right beer, Bud Light social media goes as flat as their beer, House passes a debt limit bill, AOC celebrates the cancellation of Tucker Carlson and actually demands the government regulates him, Facebook Meta records a $3.99 billion Q1 loss, healthcare provider Kaiser Permanente to buy Geisinger Health, UK blocks a Microsoft purchase of Activision, and Fox News is now valued $1 billion less after they fired Tucker Carlson. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Today's episode of the Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I have to say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's the joke. If you're a business owner or an IT leader, you use a little assistance, you reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Facebook Meta, which the new legal name is Meta, but everyone will call them Facebook because that's what they are and that's what it started as. Nevertheless, they recorded that their Meta Universe Labs division had a $3.99 billion loss Q1 2023. Now, their metaverse seems to be bleeding more and more capital. All all while, this is what Mark Zuckerberg said is the year of consolidation, the year of being frugal or tightening the belt, some might say. Now, astonishingly enough, that division did generate 339 million dollars Q1, which begs the question: Who the hell is spending money on that? Maybe we need to put this podcast and this show into the meta-universe and then we'll get even more views by all 13 people who use the platform. Nevertheless, they somehow were able to manage to generate that much revenue, but that was still a $3.99 billion loss. Now, going back to 2022 Q4, they lost $4.25 billion, so the rate at which they're losing money is decreasing. However, they also generated $727 million in revenue Q4 2022. So the amount of revenue they're generating about slash and half, and you're gonna see this more and more as businesses cut spending around advertising in general, but also unknown advertising where it's hard to present a return on investment to investors if you're like a Nissan or an automotive company or a beer company saying, hey, we, put, we spent a hundred grand, our logo's now, in the metaverse lobby when people are walking around with the uh, high quality graphics that are the metaverse little humanoid things that they developed thank Atari 2600 but slightly better nevertheless companies were spending money now they're decreasing that spend overall in 2022 they lost 13.72 billion dollars which is even and even more astonishing They generated $2.16 billion in sales in the metaverse in 2022. So somehow this is still generating a lot of sales, but this is the one division Mark is doubled, seems to be doubling down on in terms of resource allocation. He's paying those engineers almost three to four times the amount as opposed to a traditional Facebook engineer focusing on the traditional platform, which we all know or most people know and use these days. But they're also in a bind where they have a lot of competitors so, i mean i mean TikTok is growing like a virus or some might say a tumor based on the use case of what value it provides to humanity especially the united states but nevertheless he, there's a lot more competition these days and a lot of people are speculating will facebook ai meta whatever you want to call the company will they get into ai development and maybe create their own chat gbt there's a lot of speculation around that that seems to be not a safer bet but the market it's more sort of attractive to that idea as many tech companies they themselves are investing millions upon billions of dollars into that particular idea but facebook does need to do something in terms of the traditional legacy platform less young people are using it so i don't know what the user count is lately but it's one of those things where the adaption rate or the more people signing up for it, that seems to be slowing down just anecdotally talking to friends family and folks and the company doesn't need to involve i don't know if the metaverse is the way to evolve the company to remain or actually hopefully grow their profitability and their employment numbers. Now time will tell if this is a long-term business blunder. Nevertheless, there's another interesting use case there today for that. Now other interesting business news, you have Kaiser Permanente. They're gonna buy Geisinger Health. Now Kaiser Permanente is one of the largest healthcare providers in the United States. They are a California-based hospital provider company. They have about 115,000 employees on LinkedIn alone. So that's 150,000 employees who have actually LinkedIn profiles with the company tagged to them. So take that number and maybe add maybe 10% or a little bit more to account for staff who may not have a Facebook page or career tracks that don't usually makes that don't traditionally use a Facebook page. So you have all of that. And Geisinger Health, in contrast, they have about 12,842 employees on LinkedIn, them being based, based over in Pennsylvania. So it's not a it's definitely not going to get slapped down from the sec or there's definitely definitely not going to be any federal scrutiny in terms of the, the one company is much bigger than the other it's not going to create a monopoly where you only have one company having a majority of the resources and majority of majority hospitals so it's pre, it's a pretty safe bet in terms of that regard and they actually noted that kaiser is going to have geisinger move under a subsidiary of kaiser entity that's going to be known as risiant health now that company is about to have Buy about half a dozen hospitals and get a $5 billion investment. It's a question once I stock price, that'd be maybe a good investment, but nevertheless, I don't usually give financial advice. I usually equate it to gambling unless you know what you're doing, which, debatably, how many people do. Nevertheless, Ed Deal needs regulation approval. We'll see if it goes through. And if approved, that would be a combined 49 hospitals and 13.6 million members which is an astonishingly high amount of members. it will be interesting to see how that large company expands as demand for healthcare just increases naturally throughout time. Now, other interesting business news, the UK government actually slapped down the idea of Microsoft buying Activision. Microsoft being a name so synonymous, it doesn't even need a summary. If you're alive and never touched a computer, or if you're just alive and you've ever gone to a store, you have had an interaction with Microsoft. They're pretty much everywhere. You look, although not in your cell phone pocket because they failed. Nevertheless, that's one interesting thing that they were not able to successfully accomplish. Nevertheless, the British antitrust agency, and of course you have to have fancy names, it's called the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA. There's something about acronyms and fancy long job titles. that just, perhaps it's just a human condition. People want to sound smart and fancy. Nevertheless, that the bid was about sixty-nine billion dollars that Microsoft was willing to pay Activision Blizzard. And just off of this news, going talking about the stock market, Activision Blizzard's stock dropped by ten percent. Actually specifically is about eight percent. Now Activision is basically the most synonymous, largest video game company on the planet, especially since they bought Blizzard. Now Activision is mainly known for Call of Duty, which is one of the biggest phenomenons in terms of it was a first person shooter when it first came out. You played it on your console, but then the online gameplay is really what took it to the next level and made it a cultural phenomenon where pretty much everyone had it, um, at least anecdotally, that I could possibly think of. Now, they also acquired the rights to Candy Crush, which was one of those really addictive phone games that. Uh, what's a nice word to say, stupid? Silly people spend a lot of time and a lot, much of their lives staring at the screen. With a game with the graphics designed for a child with the goal being to crush candy and move stuff around it's astonishing how much time is spent and sunk it certainly is not an investment of your time but they bought it for about a billion dollars a couple years ago and it was a safe fiscal bet because their game basically prints money as it's highly addictive and people just love playing it at all hours of the day now activision they were big, you know South. They also bought Blizzard, one of the largest video game companies in history, most prolifically known for the phenomenon of World of Warcraft, which is so popular, you even got a South Park parody. It's a very popular online role playing game, and again, the people who use that game love it. It's highly, it's a very passionate community. So of course, very profitable. So I have the largest video game companies coming together, and they're now publicly traded as Activision Blizzard and Microsoft wants to buy them. Now Microsoft, for the folks who might not know in the room, they brilliantly engineered and came out with the Xbox, which is another great example of, let your employees and your engineers have fun. Leave them alone every once in a while, because the whole idea of the Xbox, it wasn't authorized by Bill Gates, the founder and CEO of Microsoft. It wasn't even approved as a project. These are just engineers you know, having fun after work hours, putting this thing together on a shoestring budget, basically just putting it together with stuff they found in the office. And they disrupted one of the hardest, the, perhaps the hardest segment to get into, which is video game consoles. There's very few left. You basically have Nintendo, which is a long-term legacy. You have PlayStation. What else? And now you have Xbox, and Xbox was revolutionary at the time. It was one of the first consoles to have a internet port, so it had the actual, you can actually connect it to the internet with an ethernet cable, and also had a hard drive built in. Two things that set it apart from the competition at the time, where competitors were not utilizing that technology. And of course, nowadays, every video game system is connected to the internet for online video game play. That's actually most of the reason people buy video games in and a itself. Very few people play the actual single player option, especially Call of Duty. It's really an online phenomenon. Now, Microsoft is able to break into that. So not only do they make the most popular operating system for computers ever, but they're in the video game community. And since they own Xbox, there are a lot of exclusive titles, famously Halo. Made by, I believe, Bungie at the time, where you could only buy that solution on that specific console. So there are a lot of video game exclusives, and they also bought Rare, one of the best video game developers ever. They made Gold Knife for the Nintendo 64 years ago. Again, million dollar game in terms of million units sold. And a lot of the antitrust lawyers and the antitrust folks were wondering: You have the largest tech company, one of the largest tech companies on the planet, about to buy the largest video game, who, who is already in video games, about to buy the video game. Company activation, activation Blizzard. So from the initial news, there's a lot of scrutiny. There's some pushback from U.S. regulators, or some rumors or whispers that they might not approve it. And Microsoft did try to pretend to negotiate. They actually said, "Hey, if you let us do this," and this is a quote from the Microsoft offering to the U.K. government entity. Now, the representative for Microsoft said, "Quote." We are offering concessions, including requirements governing what games must be offered by Microsoft to what platforms and on what conditions over a 10 year period, unquote. But that was of course rejected by the regulators. Now, it's one of those things where you could, even if you relinquish the exclusivity of a particular video game title. So let's say you have Call of Duty on both, oh, it's on all systems now, but if they had an intellectual property that they they themselves owned and developed, they allowed it to be on other platforms people would still overwhelmingly buy it for your platform most likely and it's, again it's only 10 years it's not it really would only put a pause on their long-term control of those intellectual properties and of the market so uh, microsoft of course is arguing they're saying that they're going to appeal the UA- the uk government's ruling but it'll be interesting to see what happens as two of the largest companies in tech. I know Microsoft is much bigger fiscally as well as technologically speaking, the Activision Blizzard, but will it actually go through? Time shall tell. Now, going to the culture part of the podcast, an interesting story with Maybelline. Now, Maybelline is a makeup company founded in 1914 over in Chicago, Illinois. So it's about 109 year old company. It was developed and created by a pharmacist known as Thomas Lyle Williams, um, unfortunately it's no longer in the family or it's no longer with the founder of the company i believe it was about 10 15 years ago is a uh, acquired by french-based l'oreal which many people know from their shampoo products mainly now this makeup company been around for over a hundred years women all over the world buy its products i i assume i've i see them in stores i never see one of those things i've actually never seen people buy the product but i'm sure it does sell nevertheless long-term legacy brand they've been around for a while they've been successful long enough to be the brands around to this day. And they thought it would be a good idea to have a sponsorship with Dylan Mulvaney, who is the viral in terms of everyone knows Dylan's name on TikTok and social media. They decided to give a endorsement or a marketing collaboration with Dylan in which you had Dylan in a makeup free -free environment. And then he she D- dylan what i always forget what, they, what the terms and conditions are on youtube because they change so frequently and many of the things they're trying to have people are new to everyone hard to keep track now in the video dylan goes gets glam and after that dylan is covered up in makeup hopefully this video won't get banned now the concern a lot of folks are having around the situation is that the average user of tiktok i believe is 20 years old and in particular dylan's audience there's trying to find more hard data about that but the average user is more in their teens around 15. and a lot of women are starting to wonder is this right why is this why is this brand that historically appealed to me and had marketed towards me is going in a different direction will this increase their sales one iota subsequently it may in fact have an inverse effect on the sales as there's more and more rumors of boycotts coming up for the position as conservatives might try to boycott them based on their beliefs will it have any teeth so to say in the fight most of those boycotts have fallen flat the only one even coming close to successful is bud light oddly enough their sales are decreasing exponentially which actually goes on to our next topic of the culture bud light they are absent on social media as flavor is absent to their beer now April 14th, they decided to do a TGI Friday where they posted a picture of their, I think it's legally beer, it's not water, it's legally beer. And they were saying, hey, TGI F with a question mark. And it was immediately mocked by all the Twitter followers. It was ratioed, as the children might say, where the replies and quotes mocking the actual original post had more people liking the responses and the mockery. Now, they have not tweeted since then. And according to my watch, it's the 27th. And in terms of social media, Bud Light had been posting 10 to 20 times per week on Twitter. Or instead of posting, I guess they call it tweeting. Nevertheless, they were extremely active in that social media realm. And now they are completely silent because everyone is roasting them venomously online. And it's even more entertaining. Look at the part. There's actually a button at the very top of the post where it actually will show you All the posts that were so controversial, some might say that Bud Light hid them. Others might say they're just trying to dodge responsibility and acquiesce themselves from the situation. Needless to say, I prefer to have all the data. So I looked at those and those graphics are much more entertaining and hilarious, some might say. Now, experts, quote-unquote experts in the industry say, long-term, this is gonna work for Bud Light. And they're gonna go back and they're gonna team up with Dylan again and the results will be exponentially better. They will be more beloved in that particular community, which technically is growing if you look at the number of participants in that community. So it's a growing market. But the million multi-billion dollar question, I don't know any of these companies I don't know if these companies are asking themselves are is this market over here growing fast enough or at a large enough rate to replace this much bigger incumbent market that you've served for decades, if not 100 years in the Maybelline's case. I'm very skeptical at that growth rate to see if that's a small business idea. That's why more and more folks are thinking this is a activist position that many of these companies are taking, because fiscally speaking, they're losing money now. And the outlook is as a magic eight ball might say, and it's wisdom that is actually wiser than some people these days, it would say outlook not good. Now other interesting culture news on the flip side you now have ultra right beer hilariously that is their actual trademarked name now this beer was invented by entrepreneur seth myers and it was made in direct response to the bud light campaign with dylan Mulvaney. now this is a great example of you create your own enemies in terms of even in business if you don't treat your employees right many of the times they leave and they start their own companies I mean, some of the most famous examples in history are just treating customers wrong or treating employees wrong. Look at Lamborghini. He was a farmer making tractors. He made enough money to make a Ferrari. He had some issues with it, took it to Ferrari. He said, hey, I don't think this is right. And the Ferrari said, you should just be grateful enough you can afford our product. You're a peasant. You don't know what you're talking about. And, of course, now Lamborghini is one of the most successful sports cars company in the world, although they stopped making their cars with a stick shift, which is disappointing to say the least. The lp640 and getting with the stick shift there's a reason that's worth two or three times more than the automatics again make sticks great again or some type of campaign let's get that going viral look get these manufacturers to have fun again nevertheless this is an interesting phenomenon where this guy's sending a beer and you have to hear it to believe it. it is a in terms of a marketing campaign it is brilliant so it's just someone who has about I think 15,000 followers when he first started Twitter with a couple of days he got about that many followers so in terms of the Twitter sphere some might say that's not a lot much much more than me nevertheless at Nick Topping and I see Topping if you'd like to hear more but he released this video and it is quite brilliant and it is him in a baseball field with a blue t- uh, sweatshirt that says freedom on it and he's about to hit a can of Bud Light with a baseball bat. Let's watch this really quick.
1: America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. That's why I created conservative dads, ultra right, 100% woke free beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it is in our beer. If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values.
0: It's a good spring of the baseball bat.
1: And to the rest of you woke corporations, stay the (laughs) away from our kids. Buy yours online in 42 states at ultrarightbeer.com. Tastes
0: like freedom. <laughs> now, that 58 second video on Twitter has 46.4 million views, which is astonishingly successful for a marketing campaign. That's incredible. I remember when I was trying to advertise for a tech event I was hosting where we were shooting Staccato 2011s. I had a picture of me racking the slide of the of the pistol and shooting it with a cigar and hitting some steel targets. That about that had about five hundred views. In contrast, now he has t- of that, and he has forty-six point four million views. He also has that video has twenty-five point nine thousand likes. It has 2756 bookmarks, eight seventeen point nine quotes, or seventeen point nine thousand quotes, or sorry, fourteen point seven thousand quotes, and five thousand six hundred and seventy-three retweets. And if you look at the replies. They're all positive. It's not ratioing it as it was with the Bud Light. The top responses are ordered, hoping, hoping it's coming soon. That got 406 likes, 646,000 views. Shoot, that would have been good advertising for someone. So needless to say, that's incredibly successful from a market campaign and it's going viral. Now, it is priced premium I, I almost was, at first I thought he might be running for a political office in some way because a six pack of beer, which again, I'm not a beerologist or a beer drinker, mainly enjoy spirits when the occasion rises, but a six pack of this ultra right beer is $19.99. I don't know if that's delivered. Now this situation also reminds me of Liquid Death, which is a brilliant marketing campaign also known as water in a can, which has grown to prominence not, not just because it's a quality product, but because there's no proprietary idea around water in a can, but it's now worth about $700 million, and it's just really gri- good graphical designs, viral marketing videos, and of course distribution is key when it comes to beverages as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if this company actually has an exponential increase in their sales, and they eventually, in terms of the volume, they certainly aren't gonna rival Bud Light anytime soon because it's a massive company, it's one of the largest, but they might be able to grow themselves into a good niche player and who knows might go from there it will be interesting to see now going to the politics part of the podcast you have the house GOP passed the debt limit bill which of course don't take don't actually take responsibility acquiesce yourself in the situation just raise the debt limit again and again and again and again of course this would never be appropriate for Americans to do with their credit cards if you if you're irresponsible fiscally, you actually have a ding on your credit score. Of course, the U.S. government is above such things. I guess other countries give it the credit score, but one of those interesting hypocritical moments or the hypocrisy is disgusting. Now, the Republicans voted to raise the debt limit and slash government funding, so there's some silver lining there if it actually passes. Now, you the vote came down to 700 or sorry, 217 for the bill versus 215 against the bill and you had there's actually four rhinos i mean cowardly republicans who joined the democrats in voting against the legislation which is re- it's pathetic to say the least but it's good that you have it on record again vote them out or vote for them accordingly but if you're a republican you're s- supposed to be against spending although they spend a lot in certain areas but if you're not going to vote for this bill to decrease government funding again it. The mind is really boggles at the hypocrisy there. Now, another interesting thing I don't like about politics is the length of these bills almost make them prohibitively difficult to read. It's almost like an iTunes terms and conditions agreement, but worse. So this bill was 320 pages long. And there's rumors of how much time they do or do not get to actually read the bills. That's why the a big issue with politics is the omnibus packages where they wait till the end of the year and then they pass a bill that has is just overbloated with everything. But everyone votes for it because they all have that one thing in there that they can take back to their constituents and say, hey, I know you didn't like the things the liberals put in this, or I know you didn't like the things the Republicans put in this, but we, we got this one thing, so you should like me, you should vote for me. Which I think all will they should all be single issue bills. Nevertheless, maybe that's why I'm not in politics. I have things known as a basic modicum of knowledge. Now, the White House is calling this bill a, quote, reckless attempt to extract some extreme concessions inside, and they said that Biden would veto it if it ever reaches his desk. Which the Democrats hold the Senate, so the odds are pretty good it's not going to hit his desk. But it is funny that some people are just like, no, we're never going to cut spending. <laughs> well, no, no. We will not even entertain you decreasing spending in any way. You just need to print more money. Nothing bad to happen. Hyperinflation isn't real. Oh, wait, we're at 40-year hyperinflation. Nevertheless, Interesting enough to see how that played down Now, going on from there, you have a couple other interesting notes. You have Alexandria ocasio Cortez, famously known as a bartender who got into politics, is a profound, self-proclaimed socialist. Where it's one of those things where, you ever talk to families who've been in socialist countries, there's a reason they escape them and they never entertain the. The idea of even moving back there to live there. Let's just say my family's not going back anytime soon. Now, she actually was celebrating the deplatforming of Tucker Carlson or the firing of Tucker Carlson by Fox News. And of course, everything's on the Twitter and this has two point seven million views on someone who well, this is actually just a retweet of it, but this is someone who's highlighting the censorship of a certain political party.
1: Tucker Carlson. Oh,
0: I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have given you a warning. Should have given you a ear warning, maybe. Her voice is especially not incoherent, in annoying. Oh, there's a good word for it. Inf- not, it's not is infuri- it annoying. It's like almost like a, a fly in your ear. Oh, there's a good term for it. I'll think of it after the show. I'm sure, but just fair warning. This may hurt some ears in the audience.
1: It's out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad.
0: Insufferable. That's the word. I got lucky. I remembered it before the show ended. Insufferable.
1: Add that the person that was arguably responsible for the... Some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats not just to my office but to plenty of people across the country
0: another bs thing i hear from a lot of folks in media someone is responsible for death threats they they're inciting violence if you actually listen to tucker carlson even off the air he seem i've never met him face to face but on most accounts he seems like a genuinely nice guy and on the air i've never heard him say we need to attack xyz the enemy is evil. Quite the opposite, in fact. I hear the other side of the aisle. I hear other political opponents saying people on the right are evil. They, they have to be stopped at all costs. They don't deserve free speech. They need to be censored. They need to be taken off of platform, de They're not worthy of free speech. Only free speech for us. Her eyes kind of look like a fish, too. Hmm, good figure. Again, again I appreciate everyone's patience. As the show grows and continues to develop and get better and better, more people subscribing and liking helps us out. We'll actually have these on the screen or virtually, I'll put them in post.
1: Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled and then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip grip over like the end of a building.
0: She actually is very reminiscent of that movie. She just used a little claw motion. He has to say that would scare the living bejesus out of many people. If they saw this, they probably better not see it.
1: Or something. But deplatforming works. And it is important. And um, there you go. Good things can happen.
0: So less free speech is a good thing, according to her. Which is another unique thing that you only hear from the Socialist Party. Oh, she's a self I forget, the squad I think is what she's part of. She's on many committees and in many social things, but again, why celebrate less data and celebrate less opinion sharing is beyond me, which used to be one of the things that every American believed in is freedom of speech. And again, that means nothing if not willing to stand up for the people that don't agree with you or the speech that is not popular. Free speech doesn't matter for the popular opinions. If they're popular, there's literally no social ramifications or any ramifications at all for sharing those opinions. Its opinions that differ from the grain, or go against the grain, or that are unpopular, are the ones that are at risk of being silenced forever. Which, perhaps, it's sad to think that many Americans are leaving free speech less and less. But nevertheless, I'll always believe that until the day I die. I may not agree with what you have, what you say, but I'll fight for the death, for your right to say it. it. Used to be a common phrase that every American used to hold dear to their heart. Hopefully, that might increase over time. Time shall tell. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, this actually just gets worse for Fox. So, after they fired Tucker Carlson, and I think now they're starting to realize it's a business blunder of the year, perhaps. It's a candidacy for that. Now, their stock lost about a billion dollars since they fired Tucker Carlson. A billion. Let that sink in there for a moment there. A billion dollars of market value just erased. And you're gonna see the ripple effect as more and more folks are starting to realize, a lot of the older folks, they might not be in social media, and that was where Tucker first, that was where a lot of people first learned about this. So as they start to see him less and less, a lot of people are gonna realize, oh wait, they fired him. And their viewership, has their ratings have dropped in half. So there used to be about three million people tuning into his program every night, which is an astonishingly great accomplishment for cable TV as that decreases in popularity, as, electronic communications increase exponentially, such as social media platforms. Now, their subscription service is also suffering. So it's not just the stock market. Fox News, a lot of people don't know, because some might say they're terrible at marketing, but they do have a subscription service where you can watch long-term format interviews that Tucker Carlson used to have. That was the driving reason people would pay for their, I forget what app, the Fox News app, there's some app and some club or subscription where you would pay for it, and you would get to see these long-term interviews with Tucker Carlson. And he was the driving force behind why people were paying for that. And why seven or eight people actually knew about it. Now, so their subscriptions dropping. The stock is plummeting. Ratings are cut in half. In contrast, Tucker Carlson just released a brief two-minute video on Twitter where he explains the situation and how he no longer works for the company. He hopes he's looking to do things in the future. That got over, a little over 40 million views. So Fox News has half the views. Fox News has half the views. That kind of rhymes. I'm a poet, I didn't even know it. Nevertheless, their views are cut in half. So now about 1.5 million people are tuning into that time slot at Fox News. And brief little video got 40 a little over 40 million views of Tucker. Needless to say, this business decision every passing day seems to be more and more of a business blunder of the day. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. Each one of those things help this channel grow and develop. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Heck, tell your enemies. Tell anyone and everyone to stay safe and fight the good fight.